0: sure you want to do this
1: i want to do it i mean i told you the only issue is i'm still hoarse like i'm sick so wow. All I, know, right. I don't know how it's gonna sound
0: okay well, let's do it welcome to the fatherhood podcast i'm your host jamar hudson and you're in the fatherhood as a new member of the hood my goal is to use this podcast as a platform to talk about my journey as a new father part therapeutic part informative part educational. My goal is to talk about everything from adjusting to getting no sleep to changing diapers to just hoping I get everything right. This podcast will be a space to share with you the joys, challenges, and fears of being a first time father. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 23 of the Fatherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Jamar Hudson. Happy Mother's Day weekend to all my mothers who are listening. If, if you hear some excitement in my voice, it's for very good reason. One, I have my very first in-studio guest with me. All of my previous interviews have taken place via the power of technology. But uh, today I have someone live and in living color, and you've heard me talk about her on numerous occasions uh, on the podcast, and there will be no, no Fatherhood podcast without her. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome my lovely wife, Sharice Hudson, Fatherhood Podcast. Hi.
1: Hi.
0: Welcome, welcome, even though you're here all the time when you hear me record <laughs> these episodes. Um, it's Mother's Day, so that's that's why I wanted to have you on. I think it's a very special um, weekend uh, for mothers, and it's a very special weekend in, in our household. So this is your first Mother's Day. Tell me how it feels.
1: I'm, it still feels pretty surreal that I'm actually a mom, so... I'm not really sure what to expect. Motherhood in general is still a very much day by day, take it as it comes. But I'm definitely excited. I'm definitely feel privileged to be a part of this motherhood sisterhood group, um, and I am just happy to be Emory's mom. You know, I think it's just it's surreal. I'll just say it's surreal
0: that that's definitely one way um, to put it. If those of you who are wondering what Emory's is doing right now, he is over there playing on his little mat. So we're going to try to get through this episode without him hollering or screaming, or just trying to figure out that we're not paying him uh, any attention. So how has motherhood measured up to what you thought it would be?
1: I will say going in that I didn't have any concrete expectations which is totally unlike most things that I approach in life. But I knew that it would be a day-to-day challenge. I knew that there would be good days and not so good days. So I just try to approach it with each day, do my very best and try to get through each day. And if it's a hard day, know that the next day will be better than the one before it, hopefully.
0: Yeah. I I think, you know, you and I can both apply that to both of our roles um, as new parents, and as I mentioned numerous times on, on the podcast, no two days have been the same. I mean, Emory will will do something <clears throat> one day, and then the next day it'll be totally different. And both, um, for the listeners, both Charisse and I have had to adjust to just getting used to the new normal, as, which has been a constant theme um, on, on this podcast. You know, Emery was born uh, on November 2nd, 2018. And, you know, for me, the birth experience. And we've talked about this a lot. It was not what I had imagined at all. So I guess from your experience, when you look back six months ago, what stands out to you the most about the birth experience?
1: Well, what I will say, what stands out to me immediately, when I think about the experience in the hospital, we gave birth in a hospital. Um, I just think about about how nice everyone was and how accommodating everyone was, you know, going into the process, I definitely had a lot of anxiety. You know, there's a lot of news stories about the disparities of treatment of black women with childbirth and, you know, maternal care. So I think I definitely kind of internalized some of that information and kind of freaked me out a little bit because I knew I wanted to give birth in a hospital. And I knew um, I had an idea of how I wanted things to go, you know, you know, we wrote a birth plan. I shared it with you. Um, I made it so that you would be my advocate if anything went wrong in the process. But luckily, nothing went wrong. And I feel like it kind of went really smooth into how I kind of imagined that it would be. The only thing, obviously, I asked tons of people about, well, how would you know when you're going into labor? And everyone just said, you'll know. And I was like, well, that's not descriptive enough. Like, that doesn't help me. But I definitely, when I finally started feeling contractions, I knew. So. that was probably the biggest thing, just the uncertainty of knowing how it was going to kick off. As you're leading up to this point, you're counting these weeks. And, you know, I gave, I went into spontaneous labor. That was another thing. I didn't want to be induced. Um, he came, you know, on his own when he was ready. And just 39 weeks of anticipating how this process is going to go, trying to run through the worst case scenarios, the best case scenarios in your mind. And basically getting there and like, okay, this is really happening. This is time. And we finna push this baby out. Mm -hmm. And it was just surreal. But again, everyone at the hospital was extremely nice. You know, know, very diverse staff. Everyone was kind and sweet and accommodating. And just, I think they helped make it a seamless process for the both of us. So um, I will just say that I think the experience was definitely when it became time to push that's when I was just like, oh man, I don't know if I can do this <laughs> and I think I'm a pretty strong person but it's like I don't I don't know if I can but I did it
0: yeah you, you definitely did it yeah um shout out to Sibley and the folks up there who are nothing but great to us um once we arrived um all the way the three four days we were there um until we till we left it was definitely a the probably the most amazing experience, and you know, I've told you this before that I've ever been a part of. Um, it was it was it was amazing. Again, nothing like I'd imagine. You have this idea of what it's going to be like based on what you've seen on TV and in the movies, but just being a part of that and being in that room was something that I will never um, yeah. So we're we're six months in the game. Um, Emory and Emory is growing day by day and changing. Was there a moment, or has it been a moment where you think that it's finally clicked? for you um, as a mom? like I think I know what I'm doing.
1: I will say probably about three months in when I feel like we got a really good groove with breastfeeding. I had a really rough start with that and I knew it was something that I really, really wanted to do. And I'm the type of person that I like to be good at things and I don't like to not be good at something. So it was just definitely a learning curve on his end and mine to get in the groove of that. But once I felt like we had a system down, I knew... How to maneuver things, I think that kind of made me a little bit more confident about everything else. Like, I knew how to bathe him and change him and you know, keep him clean and dressed and all that. But the nursing was really, really, really rough. Um, but I think once we were kind of like in the second month going into the third month, I felt like okay, and then also I knew that I was getting ready to go back to work, um, which I kind of was ready to go back, but also kind of didn't want to go back either. It was kind of like both. I, I missed the interaction with the outside world. I missed, you know, being amongst the people, being amongst adults. You know, it was very isolating just being in the house with you and a baby. And of course, you, my husband. But, you know, outside of that, I didn't really talk to or see Any other people? I didn't see the hear the sounds of the city, you know. Just get to walk around and get some fresh air, and also because it was winter too, I was kind of nervous about getting out there, you know, with cold and flu season. But I was definitely ready to get back out there, and I think I was prepared because I did feel like at that point I was I was a confident mom, somewhat, you know. It's still. You know, day by day. but
0: So what would you tell our listeners um, and maybe other moms that you've talked to? What's the hardest thing you've had to get used to so far in being a mom?
1: Hands down, the lack of sleep. I can't stress enough. I'm still not used to it. I mean, I definitely was the type of person who... I wouldn't say I slept in a lot because as you get older, you kind of need less. But I definitely benefited from having a full night's rest. It definitely... I guess it was a part of my self care and a part of my wellness and my well being, making it to 37 years of life, you know. And I feel like I'm just now in a haze <laughs> um, a newborn ha- haze, a baby haze, and it's a fog. And I've definitely learned how to function off of less sleep and to get things done. But it still don't feel good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I don't don't think it ever will. So, I mean, maybe it will. But, I mean, six months and it still doesn't. So, that is probably the hardest thing getting used to. And also just having another living person that totally depends on you. Like, there's no escaping that. I mean, we definitely do shifts and we take turns and, you know, we give each other breaks to kind of do things that we need to do for ourselves as individuals. But at the end of the day, neither one of us can turn up missing. Like this mm-hmm. little baby needs us. It's either gonna be me or you or, you know, or another caretaker or something. But otherwise, you know, he is solely and solely dependent on us as his parents.
0: Yeah. And p- part of the haze you're talking about and in speaking about lack of sleep. Now that you You're back to work. You've been to work about two, three months now. Um, What was the biggest challenge for you transitioning back to work after being off for your 12 weeks?
1: I think the hardest thing was trying to learn how to get back into the productivity of my day. Like I'm very big on to do lists and checking stuff off my list and, you know, setting priorities and prioritizing my task. And I definitely felt like I would get distracted. Initially, going back because I just my mind was no longer in work mode, I was just kind of like, I mean, when you're on leave for a significant amount of time, you can sleep at like 7 p.m. or you know, take a nap at from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. It's like you're not really on a schedule, you're really at the whim of a baby, and having to be back on an 8 30 to 5 schedule was pretty exhausting. And then actually having to be productive within that window, that block, was kind of hard, too, because you're having to interact with your coworkers, and you're having to interact with people via email or phone or whatever. And they have this stringent schedule, and it's like, life goes on for them. Like, I was gone, but I came back to work. And it was just like, oh, hey, welcome back, Sharice. Boom. Let's do this work. Like, it's like you were never gone, which I do appreciate that people want to get you back in the swing of things. But it's kind of like, you've experienced this major life change. So you feel like a different person. You feel like everything is different. But to everyone else around you, it's just like life just continue to go on. There's nothing different to them. And they have expectations of you to be productive and to, you know, do your job. So it definitely took a while for me to actually want to do my job. And then I felt like to actually be successful and productive in doing so just because I wanted to, it's, you know, it's just a mental shift of getting those things done.
0: Yeah. Um, one of the things that I noticed um, throughout the pregnancy that I admired, um, and I've told you this, you read a lot. And just in preparation, you wanted all everything covered. You wanted to know everything. And I was kind of opposite. I was kind of like, and this is just me by nature, to kind of take it as it comes and maybe talk to people and see, get some advice here and there. But I didn't read as much, nearly as much as you did. What was something that or what is something that has popped up that you weren't prepared for that the books did not tell you about?
1: Um, I don't know, because I really feel like I've read so much stuff that I was prepared for most things. Um, I will say probably um not getting the breastfeeding or nursing right away kind of shocked me because again, I'm kind of like an overachiever and I Because I read so much about it, I felt like I knew all the little tricks and things to kind of make it work. And then when it didn't work and I had to get outside help, I was like, okay. but I'm also not afraid to ask for help either. So that was one thing. But I think most things, oh, physically for me, there were things that I wasn't prepared for. With my body changes, like I don't want to get too graphic on the podcast, but there are a lot of physical changes that happen to you after you have a baby and I know about most of the things that happen while you're pregnant but I am still physically recuperating in some aspects from childbirth and and it was six months ago you know um I didn't expect for like my body to swell up I couldn't even wear my wedding rings for like the first three or four weeks um I couldn't wear jewelry um My feet were swollen and I didn't even have swelling while pregnant. So it was just kind of odd to me that these things happened probably as a result of anesthesia, other things, you know, medicine through the hospital, but just being home and having no understanding that my body is not what it was prior to this process. Yeah. And even knowing that and reading it in theory, it's still totally different experiencing it. Cause this is the same adult body that I've had, like I said, 36 years prior to giving birth so now it's like trying to navigate a whole new body
0: yeah um you know for me i reached out um to a lot of my friends who were who are dads um i had a lot of people who i could lean on um to help me through the process that i could learn from that i could bounce things off and i told my listeners about the same thing having that network and that community of fathers definitely helped me as i transitioned to fatherhood um for you Tell listeners how your mommy tribe, you know, your friends, your lion sisters helped you um, as you transitioned into motherhood.
1: Um, I definitely had um, several different circles of friends from various motherhood stages. I have a lot of like lion sisters and friends who have older kids. So kind of talking to them, trying to get a perspective of what it's like to be a parent for an older child. And them learning a lot from me because so many things have changed in the baby business from when they were, um, you know, when they were doing it. And then people who are pregnant along with me, you know, we have quite a few um, friends and family members who were, you know, either a couple months ahead of me or a couple months behind me in the process. So we definitely talk a lot, a lot of group texts, a lot of group me discussions about things that our bodies are going through, you know. Things to buy for the babies and, you know, things to help you transition your process of going back to work and, you know, getting your little pump bag and all the stuff you need to do all that when you get back to work. But it's definitely been an enlightening experience and knowing that you have people that are going through something the same time you're going through or even so not so far behind you or ahead of you that you can relate to each other. And it's like, OK, you experienced this. I experienced this, too, because like you said, I read tons of books, but it's nothing like talking to someone who's experienced the exact same thing or know someone else who had. And they were like, oh, this didn't happen to me, but it happened to one of my other girlfriends and this is what she did. Yeah. Um, that's invaluable when you're going through a major life change and you're experiencing something that you've never done before. And then also <clears throat> having friends who have more than one kid. because They'll tell you, too, like, OK, no pregnancy is the same. Like, Yeah. This was super duper easy the first go round, but now that I'm pregnant with my second, it's totally different. Or you know, having a girl versus having a boy like there's just so many different dynamics of how it can change and it varies just based on you know every everyone's experience is different, but there's definitely commonalities that you can um, pull from when you have resources and people to support you, your tribe.
0: Um, you know, we are both you and I are both blessed to still have our moms with us um, who have been great support systems through us um, in our, in our marriage. And now that we are parents and as we celebrate mother's day weekend, what was the best piece of advice your mom gave you throughout this process? And now that you're a mom yourself.
1: Um, I don't know if she ever gave me like one big key piece of advice. So a mother which is always say things to the effect of now that you're a mom, you'll understand because I'm an only child. Me and my mother are extremely close. And my mother's the type of person, like if I travel, she still wants me to call her and tell her I made it somewhere safely. She still wants me to email her my itinerary for places I go. She wants me to check in with her on the way. And I'm like, you know, I'm a grown ass woman. Like I'm an adult. (laughs) Like I don't need to do these things. Like I'm not really big on checking in. I'm not a checker in her, but she's like, you will learn, you will understand, like, you will always be my child. Like, you're an adult, but you're my child, you know? So and you're gonna do that
0: for Emery when you're a soldier.
1: Right. And she's like, you, you will see. And also, it's just different things. Like, she, even now, she comes to visit, it's like, I have two babies now. You're my baby, Emery's my baby too. So, just knowing that the love is unconditional. I think we talked all the time about how, I, how much I would pray over Emery when he was in the womb and just how I was just so excited the first time I heard his heartbeat and then the first time I heard him move inside of me and it was just, I was so overwhelmed with emotion like he is alive, like this is a living being inside of me and it kind of felt like I was, this is alien you know, it's weird, my stomach's moving and hmm. contorting all these different crazy things but when he came out and he was of this world I mean, it's just it's a miracle. This what me and my mother do talk about this all the time, like giving birth to a child, bringing a child into this world that's healthy. Um, it's, it's miraculous. The whole, the whole birthing experience is miraculous. And, you know, she, she did not have a vaginal birth. with me. Mean, she had a cesarean section with me, but regardless of how you bring children into this world, the fact that they are here and they made it is a miracle. Um, so that's definitely something that we talked about too. So I just think that you know, she's just like you'll see. You know, you'll see what it's like to love somebody beyond yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of episodes ago, I had um, a, a guest on talking about postpartum depression, and I know for me, that was something I just wasn't ready for. And we we've had our our struggles with 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 that and growing pains, which most new parents deal with. Um how did how did it I know how, from my perspective what I what I saw you go through but and you probably didn't tell me everything but how how did it affect you and how do you manage that
1: I I like to think that <clears throat> prior to having Emory I had really good coping skills with being overwhelmed and ways of dealing with stress but I was not prepared for The magnitude of, I guess, dependence, like it's a constant 24 seven, it never lets up. And I don't think, I think when the postpartum experience probably got me at my lowest was mostly when I was the most sleep deprived. I feel like when there were times where I was able to just, I can't talk right now. I'm just going to walk up these steps and go lay in the bed and stay here for like two and a half or three hours, I could come back and I could be refreshed and I could be like, all right. I just needed a moment, you know? And I think that I also dealt with a lot of being what they call touched out. I felt like, you know, once, you know, me and Emory got the nursing thing down, he was on me a lot. He was in my physical space a lot and I'm not really... I like my space. Like I don't like somebody to be all up underneath my armpit and all that, but he was like on me physically on me all the time and just constantly having someone touch you and being on you and needing you. It's like, you feel so sweet and this tender and this loving. because like, this is my little baby. He's so sweet. It's so precious. The other times you're like, golly, I can't even roll over. I can't even, I'm sweaty. I stink. Uh I... You know, I just want to take an extra 20 minutes in the shower. And I did. When I had the opportunity to take long showers, they were the best long showers ever just to have some solo time. So I do think um, things probably got a little a spirally out of control for me when I felt like, one, I was extremely touched out, or two, I was extremely sleep deprived. And I think once I was had the opportunity to step away and come back to myself a little bit. It kind of helped me feel like Sharice again, a little bit.
0: Yeah, and that's that's why I tell people all the time. I mean, don't don't let the the cute little pictures on Facebook and IG fool you. I mean, it's, having a child and raising a child, especially a newborn, is tough. I mean, you know, we show the highlights, but there are definitely some some struggles that both fathers and mothers go through just adjusting to this new life as parents. Um, you go through things and I've gone through things individually, but collectively just finding that, that balance and what works for us, um, has been a struggle at times, but mm-hmm. um, I'm glad we were able to, to figure it out and continue to figure out as Emery grows and, and new challenges that will, that will come, um, as, as he gets older, he's starting to, you know, make some noise over there. So we're going to have to wrap this up soon. So even though you're a mom just for six months, um, Say you you know of a mom who's expecting that, who may be having a child later this year. What advice would you give to that mom?
1: My advice is basically to trust yourself and to do your best. I mean, I feel like every single day, um, that was the advice that was given to me. Shout out to Amber. Um, I felt like there were a lot of times where I second guessed myself and she would be like, you know, you have mommy instincts now, like just because your baby is not here yet. You need to trust your mommy instincts and your intuition. So I would definitely say trust yourself because you you know what you think is right. Give it a try. If that doesn't work, try something else, you know, do your best. And, I mean, obviously try your best, you know, don't half-ass it. Do your best. But um, know that, you know, sometimes life is hard. And some days, you know, you can't knock out 20 things on a to-do list. You may knock out four. But you got to be confident that, you know, I did the best I could do that day with that four and, you know, I'll pick up the rest tomorrow. I know that's something that I still continue to struggle with. I'm constantly having a to-do list in my mind. I constantly have a checklist of things that I want to check off. And I'm still trying to learn how to let go and how to say, okay, this is not going to get done today. But you know what? It's not the end of the world. The house is not going to fall apart. We're not going to fall apart. Mm hmm. If these ten things don't get done, so
0: yeah, that's those you know. <laughs> That's 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 my approach to life, and I try to to get Sharice to to understand that and do one thing at a time. Um, so Emory, everyone says Emory looks like you, which you know it is what it is. I'll accept that, <laughs> but I'm I'm curious, like, what is one trait? I don't think we've actually talked about this. What is one trait that you definitely want him, um to take on? uh, or What's one thing you definitely want to pass on to him specifically uh, from you?
1: I think it's important um, in having a son and having a boy child. I mean, this would be applicable for a girl too, but I just think in a world where men aren't really taught or encouraged to be sensitive and empathetic, I would really... I would like my my son to be empathetic and caring, and I would also want him to be the type of person that can relate to different people from all walks of life. I feel like I'm empath. I definitely feel people, and I don't. He doesn't necessarily have to be that intense with it, but definitely have be sympathetic, care about people, and you know, be relatable to people. Don't you know? Don't be snotty or whatever, and. be able to relate to people from all walks of life and to be social. And I think he, he would get that from his mother and his father because I think we both have a good balance of that. Um, I just want him to be a caring individual, someone that is in tune with his emotions that's not really afraid to express them.
0: That's great. Well, that is right on cue because he is starting to stir. Um, and Sharice is going to go attend to him while we wrap up. But, you know, I I tell you this all the time. You know, you are doing a great job. Um, I appreciate what, what you're doing as a mom. I appreciate you as his mom. And I'm so thankful that uh, we get to share this first uh, Mother's Day weekend together. And I hope it is um, satisfactory to you. I hope what you, you get and what we've done uh, for you this weekend. And I hope you know how much uh, we appreciate you. And I appreciate you as Emery's mom. So thank you for joining me on the Fatherhood Podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: All right. I want to thank Sharice for joining me on the Fatherhood Podcast today, and as always, thank you for listening to all the moms out there. Happy Mother's Day! You are loved. You are appreciated. We are thankful for you. We are grateful for all that you do, and in raising not only our kids but but kids in the community, kids in your families, whatever the mom role looks like for you. And we also have to acknowledge people who are struggling this weekend because, for whatever reason, due to loss, um, the inability to have kids. Um, loss of their own moms, that this weekend can be a struggle uh, for them. And we don't want to forget about those who are struggling with Mother's Day weekend. As always, you can listen to Fatherhood Podcast every week on all major streaming platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Spotify. And if you're so inclined, please leave a rating and review on iTunes. Until next week, thank you for joining me. I'm Jamar Hudson, and this is the Fatherhood.